Okay. This morning we are continuing our journey uh, through the book of Romans. This morning we'll be in Romans 8, verses 18 to 25, with the title of the message being, From Suffering to Glory. From Suffering to Glory. So let me just read the passage before we begin. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, because the creation itself will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. And not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. What I want to do is go through this verse by verse with some comments about each verse. Uh, But before I do that, I want to ask um, everyone here a question. If you, at the present time, are going through some kind of trial or suffering, whether big or small, would you please raise your hand? Well, then this message is for us. Amen? Amen. This message is for us. I have never been at Son of David during a season where more people are sick, where more people are having minor and major family crises, where more people are having employment problems, or where a congregation is going through such turmoil with no air conditioning for the high holy days, no room for an oneg on Shabbat, no air conditioning in the near future, and a question of whether this place is really the place for us in the near future while we wait for the Lord to raise the money up for our new building. And I believe that part of that warfare is spiritual. That the enemy is not happy with the things that are going to be happening, not only with our congregation, but most importantly with the members, the people of our congregation. But I also know in the words of Scripture, in the book of um, In Between, (laughs) stuff happens. Stuff just happens. And part of that is what we're going to be talking about this morning. First slide, please. Or next slide, please. There we go. Romans 8, 18, suffering versus glory. We have to understand that there is a contrast that's presented here in this Scripture. One of suffering, and by the way, Paul will go on to say that the suffering is not just individual suffering, it's also the suffering of creation itself, versus glory. 
And he talks about the suffering as if it's at this time. In other words, in the present, in the temporal moment in which we live, the suffering at this present time, he compares to the glory which will be revealed. And he says, quote-unquote, it's not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Some translations say to us, in us. Not worthy to be compared. I mean, picture this. You're standing in line in a pawn shop. And someone on your left has a diamond ring that's approximately a carat and a half. And you have a sterling silver wedding band. Can you really compare the wedding band to the diamond ring? No. And you can't compare the sufferings of the present age with the glory that will be revealed in us and to us. Because it's too glorious to be compared with anything other than itself. God clearly lets us know that the future that has been promised to us is a future so glorious that it doesn't hold a candle, or rather that our present sufferings don't hold a candle in magnitude to the glory that awaits us. Now, as I said a little earlier, those sufferings could be spiritual. Those sufferings could be satanically motivated. But dear ones, please hear me clearly and please understand what I'm about to say. Satan does not hide behind every rock. Satan does not hide behind every rock. Bad things happen because we live in a fallen and decaying world. Simply because the original man, Adam, disobeyed God and not only was mankind cursed, but the earth, as we read in Genesis, was cursed as well. So suffering versus glory. A glory that will be revealed in us and to us. How can it be revealed in us? Well, if Messiah is in us, then when He is revealed, we'll shine with Him in glory, as Scripture says. And it will be revealed to us when we see the finality of God's plans in our own life. Next slide, please. As we read Romans eight nineteen. For the earnest expectation of creation eagerly awaits for the, for the revealing of the sons of God. Literally, creation waits for the children of God to be revealed. Now you might say, revealed to who? Wrong question. The proper question is revealed to what? And the what is the entire creation of God. The Greek word for creation means the subtotal of everything that is created. And creation, it says, awaits with earnest expectation. Earnest expectation. How many of you have ever followed a sports team that you knew had a chance to win the national or world championship? We've all done that. Of course, not if you're rooting for the Redskins, but we've all done that at, at one point or another. 
that earnest expectation, okay, gets you through each and every game, each and every halftime, each and every quarter, each and every minute, no matter whether the play of your team is bad or the play of your team is good, you've got that earnest expectation in your heart that when the game is over, you've been rooting for the champs. And that's what it's talking about here in terms of creation. Literally the entire creation of God is earnestly waiting for the completion of God's plan. Next slide, please. Romans 8 and verse 20. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of Him who subjected it in hope. Creation itself is subjected to futility. The expanded understanding of futility is the the emptiness of the present compared to the fullness of the future. Creation subjected to futility by Him, meaning God, and because of Him, because that's subjective futility and present time futility had to come because of the sin of Adam. But it was subjected in hope. It was subjected in hope. And the hope here is not, I hope so. The hope here is a sure and steadfast hope. It's the hope that is buried deep into our hearts. It's the hope that Toby and Natalie have to have in order to give a defense for the Messiah and the Gospel who lives in them. Creation subjected to futility, but subjected in hope of the glorious future that awaits us. Romans 8.21 For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. I'm sorry, next slide, Romans 8.22. Creation too will be have a delivery. And, and the Scripture likens it to birth pangs. Now, I don't know if any of you saw Gigi who walked in here this morning. She's probably in the nursery. But um, to put it lightly, Gigi's about out to here. Okay? Very soon, she's going to be having birth pangs. Every woman here who has ever birthed a child knows what birth pangs are. They start fast or slow. Is anybody awake? Hello? They start slow. And then they slowly get faster and faster. And then they slowly get more or less intense. More and more intense. And creation, according to Paul, according to God's Word, is going to go through birth pangs. Listen to this. Hal Lindsey, the world's best-known Bible prophecy teacher and author of 17 books on prophecy, writes in one of his latest books, quote, Earthquakes continue to increase in frequency and intensity just as the Bible predicts for the last days before the return of Messiah. History shows that the number of killer quakes remained fairly constant until the 1950s 
averaging between two and four per decade. In the 50s, there were nine. In the 1960s, there were 13. In the 1970s, there were 51. In the 1980s, there were 86. From 1990 through 1996, that's when this was written, there have been more than 150. The birth pangs are happening, and they're getting more intense. Now, you might wonder, where does Lindsay get these statistics? Well, in his book, Earth 2000 AD, Lindsay cites the United States Geological Survey in Boulder, Colorado. What about hurricanes? Did you know that the intensity, frequency, and duration of North Atlantic hurricanes, as well as the frequency of the strongest hurricanes, have all increased since the early 1980s? Hurricane intensity and rainfall are projected to increase in the days and years to come. Creation, just as the Word of God said, is going through pre-delivery birth pangs. And I think we can expect to see more, and I expect that they will be quicker. I don't think Florence is going to be the last major storm. I don't think the flooding that it produced is going to be the last major flooding. And I don't think that the earthquakes all around the earth are going to cease. I believe they're going to get more and more rapid, and I believe they're going to get more and more intense as the day of the return of our Messiah King approaches. Amen? Amen. Next slide, please. Romans 8, 23. I love this phrase. Not only that, <laughs> but, we also, but we also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our bodies. We eagerly await for the adoption and the redemption of our bodies. Do you remember the title of last week's message? Who do you belong to? It's the same thing that's spoken about here. Have you been adopted by the Son of God? Have you been adopted by the Father? Are you a co-heir with Messiah? Please understand that when it says we also have the first fruits of the Spirit, what we're talking about is because Messiah was the first fruit raised from the dead on the third day after Passover, that resurrection life lives in us waiting for the physical resurrection of our body, which will be spoken of in just a minute. And we, just like creation, groan within ourselves. Is there anybody except me, who sometimes wakes up in the morning and says, Lord, what's keeping you? Is there anybody except me who says, Lord, how bad does the world have to get before you return? That eager expectation lives in us just as it lives in all of creation. Eagerly waiting for the adoption as well as the redemption of our body. And please understand that redemption requires a ransom. And the ransom was paid some 2,000 years ago on a hill in Jerusalem. Next slide, please. For we were saved 
in this hope. But hope that is not seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? Okay, you're at a track meet. It's the NCAA Collegiate National Championship track meet. And maybe you are like me. I love to watch track and field. I don't know what it is. I think it's the competition. It's lots of individual sports. Okay? And I'm watching the 100-meter dash, and every major runner in the entire world is in the 100-meter dash, including one runner from the United States who has a chance but is not the favorite. And I watch the race and watch the race, and he's slightly behind, and then in the last 15 yards, he pulls even, and in the last five yards, he wins. And I exclaim, I hope he wins. Is that hope? No, it's not hope, because I've already seen what I hoped for. Do you understand this passage? Hope cannot be in something seen. Hope must be in something that cannot be seen. And what we cannot see now, except in our mind's eye, is the final fulfillment of God's plan to reclaim His kingdom on earth. What we cannot see now, except maybe in our mind's eye, is a new heaven and a new earth and a time that has no end, a Yom Shekulo Shabbat, a day that is all Shabbat. And if we have that sure foundation of hope, not I hope it will be like that, but I know for sure it will be like that, then that hope cannot be seen, but it's truly hope. And finally, next slide, verse 25. But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it in perseverance. Hope produces perseverance. Now, I know that's meant to be a positive sentence. But for many of us, we would rather sidestep that sentence. How many of us have ever longed for something only to wait and wait and wait and wait and wait some more? How many of us have longed for a family member to finally come to a realization that their eternal security depends on their faith in the Messiah of Israel? And we pray for them. And we pray for them. And we pray for them. And we pray some more. That's perseverance. In a smaller way, three years ago we bought a property in cash. We thought we had everything covered. And then the county set us back. And then the zoning board set us back. And then our neighbor set us back. And then calamities with other people in the congregation set us back. But our hope, our sure expectation, is that God will build this building for Himself. And we pray, and we pray, and we pray, and we pray with perseverance, knowing that the one who is outside of time takes care of everything in time. Amen? Now, I don't know what any of you are going through today. 
I, I, I do know that everybody in here is going through something today. I know our house has been attacked with sickness, car troubles. Poor John, I saw him walking in the parking lot this morning. I said, were you walking? He said, yeah, my car needs to go to the shop. By the way, John lives in Gaithersburg. He took the bus here this morning. That's what's called perseverance. Because no matter what's going on, and I'm going to share a little bit, John, he had an awful week at work. For those of you who know John, he is so straightforward and honest that some people just can't take it. Especially his managers. He's so kind to the customers that sometimes it just backfires on him. And yet he prays to his God to get him through each week, knowing that the next week may have something altogether different. That's perseverance. If there is no pain, there is no gain. Now, I know that's supposed to be a body lifting thing, but I believe it's spiritually true as well. Unless we experience suffering and by the grace of God and the strength of God see our way through that suffering, then we really don't know what true joy is. Because what we have been saved from is a fallen world in the present time saved to a glorious world that will have no end. And that's what Paul is talking about here. So on this Shabbat morning, it's my prayer for all of us, and especially for me. It's my prayer that we would see past the present with hope for the future. Our future has been secured. We have been sealed by the Spirit of holiness. God's Word tells us what will happen in the end of days. And what we have to do is with strength, His strength, and perseverance, see our way through. Because when we get there, the glory of that place and that time simply can't be compared to what we're going through today. Amen? Amen. So please join me in prayer. Abba Father, for all of us who are facing trials, troubles, financial situations, work situations, family situations, emotional situations, spiritual situations, mental situations, whether they are by the hand of the evil one or just because stuff happens. For all of us, Lord, I thank You that You've given us hope in a glorious future. I thank You, Lord, that that hope produces perseverance to see our way through this present age. And Lord, I don't know when You will choose to send Your Son back a second time, but I do know it's getting closer because we see the signs of the time in nature 
as predicted and prophesied by your word. And so let us always have that hope in what we don't see but know is true, that your son will return, that he will reclaim his place on the throne of David, that he will sit in the temple in Jerusalem, that he will rule for a thousand years from there, and that finally Satan will be defeated, death will be defeated, a new heaven and a new earth will will arise, and we will shine with him, his glory in us and to us, to live a day without end in the presence of God. What can compare to that? And so, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your hope. Thank you for your strength. We desperately need it. And I pray in the name of your Son, Yeshua. Amen.